Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Chad Benedict, the principal at Muhammad Seymour High School. Before that, a teacher and longtime boys basketball coach in the district. Uh, Chad, welcome. Hey, Fred, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I am fine. Well, I bet uh, four years ago when uh, July of 2019, when you were taken over as principal, you, you probably thought you had an idea what you're getting into, but uh, I bet it turns out you really didn't have an idea what you're getting into, did you? I tell people I made the brilliant career choice of going to be a principal right before a, a world pandemic. So um, yeah, nobody saw that one coming for sure, but uh, it, I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. I've learned a lot and uh, certainly work at a great place. You know, I would think a lot of things that uh, might come up as an administrator, I mean, there'd be somebody that you could turn to that's, you know, been through it before, you know, another administrator, another school or friend or colleague or whatever. Uh, but I mean, this was just new territory. I mean, you were just kind of on your own and as were other administrators. Talk, talk about dealing with, with COVID and just kind of uh, what it took to get through that. Yeah, I, I think the thing, one of the things you talk about turning to other people is, is, is we really leaned on each other here. Um, you know, when, when I started, uh, Mr. Mills at the junior high was in his in his second year as principal at the junior high. Um, and then, you know, Mr. Martin and, and Mrs. Hunter, were the, they were in their first year. So we're, you know, we were a relatively inexperienced um, administrative team. And we started having what we call our principal roundtables, where the four of us would just get together and problem solve and and uh, work together on things. And that really proved well, then, of course, our, our, our central office administration was very supportive during that time as well. Um, and then for me, you know, the, the Apollo Conference has regular principal meetings. And so I had the, 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 the fortune, I was fortunate to meet with um, fellow principals from the Apollo Conference during that time and build some relationships and, and, you know, just hear about how other high schools, so to speak, were doing it. So from locally, you know, with our, with our principals roundtables, um, that was huge as we navigated things. And then certainly as I talked with the other high school principals within our conference, it was it was helpful. What did you see from the, the students and the staff during that time? I mean, were they pretty quick to adapt or were maybe the teachers adapting a little bit quicker than, than the students? Yeah, you, you know, I say this about our staff during that time and it, you, you know, we're, we're fortunate our, our school, our school districts had some success and there's been a lot of recognition. And certainly I think you know, that contributes to the growth of Muhammad, the success of our schools. And, and that's, um, and, but I always say like our staff here just showed so much resiliency, um, adaptability, um, and it just made you realize how good those people were and what they, and how good they were at their jobs um, and how much they cared and, and loved for kids into everything that they put into that. It, it was hard, um, it was really hard. Um, but those folks did did a tremendous job, and I think they set that example for our kids, and our and our kids were able to follow that. I like to think that we came out on the backside of COVID. We're not there yet. I think we're still working through it, but we came out on the backside stronger than than some places, and that was because of our staff. Well, and the thing about it, I mean, not only dealing with COVID, but then around that time, uh, there were other big changes going on too, as far as like the the eliminating of, of class rank and so on and so forth. So, so talk about some of the other policies and changes that were going on. You're you're trying to implement while you're also dealing with with COVID. Yeah, I think some of the policies and stuff that we worked on, um, you know, COVID impacted, um, and there was other stuff that you know that would, there had been discussion on different things on how to move forward. Um, you know, that, that tied together. And that was probably the challenge of is, 
you're you're living in the moment of reacting to COVID, but you're also trying to decide, you know, how you're going to continue to move forward and grow as a building a little bit. And 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 that was that was a balancing act that none of us obviously had ever been through. Um, but you know, we were still able to, you know, along with like you mentioned the gra with graduation and and recognition at graduation. Um, we were still able to bring, we still were able to bring some new programs online, some new, um, some new classes. So we tried not to set, set still, um, and we tried to continue to move forward as building. It was a little bit slower than what we're normally used to, um, but we still try to continue to grow. Well, it's no secret, I think, that uh, there, there's overcrowding, not only at the high school, but a bunch of schools uh, in the district. And uh, we've now had a couple referendums voted down. What? Uh, how are you dealing with the, the overcrowding? What kind of creative measures are you taking at the high school? Yeah, um, we we are we are certainly not in the shape that maybe the junior high or Lincoln Trail is in, um, in terms of overcrowding. We did add, we did run out, we have run out of lockers. So we've, we've, Put in more lockers for the for the 23-24 school year. Um, in terms of space, um, we have teachers now. We are out of classrooms, and so we have teachers. Um, any new staff we hire for for growth um, will be what we call a traveling teacher. They 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 rotate from room to room. Whatever rooms open in a certain class period, that's where they go. Our staff's been very accommodating. We've been like that now. We've been like that now for a couple of years. Um, you know, with, with with the rotate with the traveling teachers. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing. I think the technology piece is big. Every classroom now has what we call a BenQ, a BenQ board. It's, in, it's an interactive board. And so that te technology is consistent from room to room. And it wasn't always like that, where one room had this projector, one room had a smart board, one room had a Promethean board. And now that consistency has, I think, hopefully been good for our staff and for our kids in terms of the instruction. When I look at the IHSA website, which I think is usually about a year behind, but for your enrollment, I think it listed it right around 950 or something, which probably was was last year's enrollment they yeah. used last year. As you look ahead and project, I mean, how how close are you getting to a thousand students? And as you see, you know, enrollments coming up in the future, do you, do you see going over that before too long? Yeah, we'll be. I unless we have a bunch of um, students move away, which I don't. We always have that some, but it usually offsets with the new ones that come in. Um, we'll be probably in that thousand thirty ballpark this 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 school year. Um, mm -hmm. The largest class in the district will be the incoming um, eighth graders or incoming freshmen, excuse me, um, and they're just shy of three hundred a little bit. So there's a chance they could be at three hundred. Generally, we see an influx of of uh, new students at the freshman level um, to start a school year. So. Um, and then I and then we then we're going to stay pretty consistent if we've tracked it all the way we've tracked it all the way out I don't have it right here in front of me today but we'll be anywhere from 1050 or excuse me 1030 to 1060 for a while and I think four or five years, we could get up in that 1070 1075 range. So some of the changes in terms of like the, you know, the traveling classrooms and so on and so forth, how, how long will that be sustainable as you look to the to the growth that you're getting at the high school. Yeah, I just had this conversation with somebody this morning that what we do is let, let, let's say like we look at second period and we have three teachers that are on prep um, that period, meaning their classrooms are not being used for anything at all. Um, and that's probably the smallest that we get throughout the day is where um, that that'd be the smallest amount of classes not in use. When we look at that and say, OK, on an average, if we can get 25 students in those in those classrooms, 
you know, some can maybe hold more, some are a little less, depending on the classroom. Um, then you're still you're still 75 students away from maybe being at full on capacity, right? Um, mm -hmm. So we're we're getting close. Um, we're not there yet, but we're getting very very close. And so it's something we're tracking and keep an eye on and trying to be um, proactive instead of reactive. Um, I'm encouraged that the board is is continuing to move forward with the listening listening sessions that are going on in the district um, and trying to figure out you know what are obviously the the community spoke. Um, you know, about the, the two the two failed referendums. So kind of go back to the drawing board and what is it the community does want so we can tackle these issues. You know, some of the things about growth are, are what, you know, logically some people, well, me being some people, I wouldn't even think of it as an issue. And, and that is, I've heard from some people, there's so many students now with the licenses that, that want to drive, that there's a waiting list to, to get parking spaces for the students. So you can't even accommodate all the students. And so therefore you have more people dropping off. And I mean, uh, that's just a, a, another kind of a, a subset of, of the, the growth in the enrollment you have, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. We went to us. This was our this past school year was our first year for assigned parking. And um, it got to the point where in the morning the previous year, um, if you think back to COVID, we were doing the A-B days and then we saw just a huge spike in enrollment after the A-B days. And then we came back, you know, um, you know, after that. And it was like, holy cow. Um, we're we're going to have to re, revamp our parking structure and, and, and systems and how we do it. So we talked to a lot of schools that, you know, do have assigned parking. And so we went to that for this year. And there's pros and cons to that. Um, but, by, but by and large, we heard a lot of pros. Now, some of the cons is, is yes, and some of the parking in the surrounding neighborhoods. I know that was hard for some families and folks that live close to the high school. And we recognize that. Um, but yeah, and we're hoping to add some additional parking. Um, it just takes time and money. <laughs> That's for sure. So one of the things that I've heard is I've, I've talked to other administrators around the area that have been doing this for a while. They'll say, you know, it used to be they have an opening, there'd be 40, 50 applicants. And they say now they have an opening, they're down to a handful. So first of all, what, what are you seeing in there at the high school level? Are, are you, you know, for each opening that you have, are, are there many uh, people applying for those positions or not? I would say it's definitely different. The amount of people that apply um, are, are not as much. I think we're fortunate that that the quality of applicant, while we may not have as many quality applicants, we are still getting quality applicants. Um, so I, I, there, there's not too many times where I've, there's not a time that I honestly, I can think of where I've walked out of an interview and feel like we're stuck. We have to take this person um, at, at all. I've never felt that way. So that 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 is good. Um, it's just maybe not, you know, whereas the candidate pool used to be really deep. It's just not anymore. Um, and, in, and in turn, um, it's becoming a little bit more like corporate America, where I feel like it's it's getting a little bit more competitive in in, in what you need to do. And so um, one thing that I've done and I think other administrators are doing is, is you're moving a little bit quicker on the interview process once you have one or two solid candidates. Um, we're moving because you're so competitive with the other schools, you don't want to lose them. Um, so that's one thing that we're doing to try to make sure we continue to hire the great people. So you're in an interview. What what are you looking for in terms of, of when you talk to somebody, whether it's a young lady, a young man? Uh, what what are some some traits and and what are some you know questions that you ask that you you really want to know about beyond just you know what will show up on the resume? Sure, I, I think the big thing for us and the cornerstone for this high school that's been 
even clear back to when Marty Williams hired me 17 years ago, is it's been clear that this high school has been built on um, relationships. And so, I mean, you know, Mr. in working with Shannon Cheek there for a while, you used to say, you know, um, we can help you become a better teacher. We can't teach you to love kids. And, you know, so when we when we go into that interview process, we we first want to try to establish like, hey, what's your relationship with with kids? How do you how do you interact with them? How are you going to connect with them? Um, yes, teaching the, the, the subject area is obviously extremely important. Um, but, you know, if you can't establish that relationship, you're not going to be able to, you know, to get your subject matter across to them. So that's that's probably the first thing that we go in and look for when we're talking to a candidate. Been a long time, uh, old time um, teachers and coaches have told me that, uh, you know, th and by long time, I mean, back in the, the 70s, maybe even early 80s, they would say, well, we have a teaching job for you, but you got to coach such and such a sport. So, uh, you know, are you at that point now or is there enough interest? You know, you no longer have to, uh, you know, tell somebody that we need them or you need them to, to serve as a coach as well. Well, we always. Um... We always, you know, in the interview process, obviously at the high school with all of our extracurriculars, we always gauge their their feeling on, you know, what they we ask every candidate, you know, what what's your comfort level? Or what would you be comfortable getting involved in? Um, and it's it's never been a defined expectation like you will do this. Um, but we generally get a sense of what they would be willing to be involved in. And then, you know, if they do end up being our person on person that we choose, we we have those follow-up conversations about getting them involved. I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that you have a number of people, uh, well, throughout the district, and certainly some at the high school, that are also Muhammad Seymour graduates. And on yeah. one hand, obviously that, that's a good thing, that they want to come back and be involved. Uh, on the other hand, do you want to have maybe a little more, I don't know if diversity is the word, but have, you know, people that weren't necessarily ones that came through the system in the district, uh, you know, maybe offer some new ideas rather than just, you know, what they grew up uh, with here at Muhammad Seymour or not? Yeah, I, I think I think we have a nice blend, and and certainly we do have a lot of alumni that come back, and um, it's it's honestly interesting too that we're we have some generational, you know, it's not just one, it's it's you know we have we have students now that I taught early that are starting to come back and and work in the district, um, which is which is fun and exciting. So I I think a blend of both is really good. Um, I think, you, you know, and, and so much has changed really from when students, when they were a student here to now, but I think that overall identity of putting relationships first and putting kids first um, continues to continues to be the same. Do you see a trend of, of fewer people that are going to college getting into education? Do you think that's a, a trend? And, and if so, do you think that will continue? Um, I would say it's maybe a little bit I, I don't, this is just basically me knowing what our students are doing. I think we maybe have a little bit of an uptick, um, just a slight one of students wanting to go, to go into education as opposed to a few years ago. Um, I think there's been a real, in general, I think schools, um, and when I say schools, high school and at the collegiate level, are trying to make things easier for students to, to, to get into education. I think the biggest concerning thing for me is, is that is there, there's been some things changed with their retirement and things like that. So we're trying to educate like our students on like, hey, if you do go in, that's a great thing, but make sure you work with a financial advisor. And we talk to that about new staff when they come on is like, 
you know, make sure I, we're not going to tell you who to invest with or do whatever. Just make sure you have someone or you're comfortable enough yourself to be making those choices for the future. So as you look back to about four years ago, uh, are you glad you got into the administrative end or, or do you think, gosh, it would have been my life would have been so much easier if I was still a teacher and coach? Uh, you, there would have been challenges any other any way you slice it, um, you know, with with COVID. Um, I think our, you know, with me coming from the PE world, I think our certainly everybody had it rough, but PE folks had it really rough um, just with activities they could and could not do and changing and could not change. I mean, it was a hard time for them. It was a hard time for everybody, but a hard time for them. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't look back on it. Um, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Um, blessed to work with some great, great people and feel like God's put me where he wants me. You suddenly had an unlimited amount of money that you could spend on the high school. What would be your priority? Where, where would you start? Uh, <laughs> if, you know, if somebody cool. said, here, you, you've got this money, you got to spend it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what I'd do is I'd go to our division heads who represent our teachers and say, all right, what, what's the wish list? Um, what do we want to do? I mean, I think space, obviously, um, you'd look at space and then you'd look at instructional materials like that. Um, so, you know, that's where I'd start. I mean, we we did our senior awards, you know, there at the end of the year this year. And, um, you know, our auditorium was full. It was standing room only. And um, and we were just talking like it's so nice to have it in there because it's it's a little more intimate. It's a little more personable, um, you know, for that to recognize those seniors at those awards. But yet our next biggest space will be our gym. Um, and so at what point are we going to pull the trigger and move senior awards in the gym? Honestly, probably not far away. Um, mm -hmm. and so, you know, you, I, I guess, so with the money piece, I would say creating positive instructional experiences and then creating spaces for us to enjoy moments like that. How do you relax after a stressful day? Is there something that uh, you, you always do, or is it just kind of depend on the day? Um, it depends on the day because the schedule is so different um, every day. Um, you, you know, my wife teaches second grade. And so, um, she is, uh, she is, she's, she's awesome. And so, um, on the really tough ones, she gets to hear about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I wanna, huh? I want to switch gears a little bit from the, the school component to talk about something that you and your family have been involved with for years and that's showing cattle. I yeah. Something you probably grew up doing, right? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in uh, 4-H and FFA showing Hereford cattle. I know a lot of people, like my, my son was involved with uh, was showing horses when he was younger and then kind of got out of that. But what, what has kept you in, in uh, and involved with showing cattle all, all, over all the years then? Yeah, so, so my, my kids are fifth generation um, Hereford breeders. Um, and it's just something that um, I grew up doing and, and had, was given an opportunity to continue to do it. And um, it's, something that's, it's something that stuck. And when we were fortunate enough to here to um, get a barn and a couple acres so we could do it over here in Muhammad as well. And um, my oldest son, Noah, really enjoyed it. Um, Caleb did it until he was in junior high or high school. Um, and then my daughter, Faith, is gonna be in eighth grade and she really likes it. So we continue to do it. The shows get a little bit harder on dad. I'm not getting any younger um, with all the work that goes into it, but it's been, it's been a good thing for, for our family. Um, my dad, it's, it's kept my dad and I close. 
um, you know, just as far as talking about different things with the farm and, and things like that. So it's been, it's been a good thing for us. How, how many show cattle do you have currently? Uh, currently, she's working on three. Mm -hmm. So we're pretty small. I compare it to like um, people like if you try to compare it like we're we're just we, we don't we, we've done OK. We've been very competitive, but we're not like big ranches out west or anything like that. Um, but it but we do enjoy it. You have like a little schedule that you try to hit then each summer in terms of, of what shows that, uh, that you try to go to. Yep. Face already shown at three shows um, already this year, this summer. Um, our big one is we'll do our the Illinois Hereford State Preview Show. Um, that's actually coming up this weekend on Father's Day weekend. And then um, the Junior National rotates around the country. Um, we'll, we'll go to that one. And then State Fair um, is the other one. Those are the three that we always that we usually always get to. And then there are other ones that rotate around. And I know from my son's experience with the horses, I mean, there's just a ton of work that goes on be behind the scenes. Talk a little bit about what it, uh, you don't just show up at a show and, and you know, go out into the ring with, uh, with the cattle. Talk a little bit about the, the process of getting them ready and, and, you know, getting the kids ready as well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like a sport, Fred. Um, as you know, probably with the horses, there's training, there's practice. Um, the, it, 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 there's a lot that goes into it. Like a daily routine for us is, is, I usually get up in the morning and feed while it's cool. Um, and then I leave and I come to work and then Becky and Faith get up um, and I'll have everything fed and they go out and they get them in usually in the barn by seven every morning. Um, and then we, we with, with face heifers and stuff, we, um, we rinse or wash them um, twice a day. So they'll get rinsed once in the morning um, and then they, we brush and then blow out their hair. The, the hair care is a big thing to make them look, look their best. Um, that's usually Becky Faith and Faith and I'll go back and do it again at night. Um, and then at night, we also do a lot of practice with what we call showmanship. That's the actual process of showing um, the animals and getting the animal, getting, the, getting our heifers trained to, uh, you know, to respond and look the best in the ring. And it, it's, it, that's also a huge, comp a huge competition where, when you go to the show, a lot of times they'll judge you based on how good your animal is, but in showmanship, it's more about how you can present your animal and how well your animal works with you. And she likes that. So she's, she's, she likes to be competitive with that. So there's a lot of hours that go into that. Well, I remember those days. That's for sure. It's uh, a, a lot of, a lot of work, but a lot of travel too. I mean, we were going all over to, to Oklahoma city and Fort Worth. And yeah. uh, I can't even think of all the places we went to with the horses. So what type of horses did you show? Uh, Appaloosas. Okay. <laughs> but um, okay, well, switching back, I uh, wanted to ask you a couple more things about the school before we, we go here. Uh, any goals that you have for, for the upcoming school year, both for yourself and, and for the high school? Yeah, so we're Dr. Rummel's moving on to a, a new school district over to Bloomington. And so we have Dr. Megan Bagby coming in. I had to sit down with her. Uh, she'll be in charge of uh, curriculum instruction, new assistant superintendent. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we continue to work on is um, we, we kicked off our workplace learning program last year, um, and we're excited to continue to grow that. Um, so we'll be in year two of that. And then we're, we're constantly looking to, at, we've got a couple new classes that we're continuing to look at. Um, we're looking to continue to expand dual credit opportunities to give our high school kids, um, you know, college exposure at the high school level and earn credits. Um, I think that's that's one of the other things that we'll continue to explore. 
along with workplace learning and opportunities like that for our students. Um, maybe not, you know, Fred, what you and I would consider traditional school experiences, um, but continue to engage those kids that, you know, maybe just have a little different path than your normal high school kid. So at this point, as we approach the, the middle of June, you still have some vacancies to fill? And, and if so, how many uh, are you looking for? We are close. We are working on um, one applicant that um, would be part of a visiting international teacher program. Um, we're working on finalize, hopefully finalizing all that. There's a few hoops we got to jump through with that. But then after that's done, we should be hired up as of right now. Well, final question before I let you go. Do you miss the coaching basketball part of it? And uh, what, what do you think when you go to the games now? Do you kind of say, oh, the coach should have done this or that? Or are you just able to be a fan in stands? Um, yeah, I try to be a fan. It's it's hard to watch when you watch when you do something. For, it's hard. A game is, a, and that includes really any game that I watch, whether it be pro, college, high school, ju junior high. Um, I've watched games for so long. Just you know, as a as a coach, um, I don't think I don't know if that's ever going to change really. Uh, but I enjoy that part of it, right? Not from a. Uh, not from being critical of a coach, but just from a learning standpoint, I still enjoy watching the game and seeing what different people do and how they teach things and do things. Probably the thing I miss the most, but I tell people is practice. Um, I do miss practice. That was a lot of fun for me. Enjoyed it every day. Um, you know, Friday nights sometimes can be a little tough, but practice is what. And that's probably what the, the kids uh, would say they would get rid of first would be the practice. <laughs> You're, the probably, you're <laughs> probably right. Yeah. All right, we've been talking today with Chad Benedict, who just uh, now is finishing up his fourth year as Muhammad Seymour High School principal. Chad, before I let you go, anything else you'd like to add? Thanks for having me on, Fred, and and, and thanks for all the coverage that you give our uh, our uh, our kids here in Muhammad at at Muhammad Seymour. I know it's appreciated, and that and that they enjoy uh, everything you do for them. Well, it's fun for me, so hopefully, I can keep going for a few more years. We'll see. Sounds good. Thanks for your time, Chad. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Sounds great. Have a great summer, Fred. You too.